a reading from Becky Thompson, bestselling author of God So Close, Experience a Life Awakened to His Spirit. Page 11, Our Deepest Longing. I believe this is the deep longing of our hearts, to know God as He intended us to know Him. To know God as He intended us to know Him. Yes, there are many things we crave in life. There are many things we believe will satisfy the insatiable seeking we all experience. We tend to think that if we only had a family who didn't struggle, a bigger and more affordable house, bills that are paid, health that is secure, a good job and clear mission and sense of accomplishment, then we'd finally feel fulfilled. But while these are all good things, they will not satisfy our ultimate longing for joy and peace and hope. It is the Spirit of God we've been missing and we've been searching for all along. It's His presence that has been missing in our lives. As the ancient worshiper said, my soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Deep within us, heartlifters, we don't want to be people who just hear about God. We want to be people who believe everything he said is true. We want to know him for ourselves We want the living God to come, and we want to meet him as one speaks with a friend face-to-face. This is what he wants for us as well. God is inviting us, his daughters, to come discover his heart in a way that we didn't know or maybe we had forgotten was possible. Perhaps it's been a while since you have felt close to God. We are all on different parts of our journey, but I believe that if given the chance, you'd ask him to come. And I believe that if you knew he was asking to meet with you, you'd accept his invitation. Heartlifters, today we're going to meet and hear from a vibrant young woman. Her name is Becky Thompson, author of God So Close experience a life awakened to his spirit. Becky is also the founder of the Midnight Mom devotional community on Facebook, where over one million mamas of all ages meet every night on Facebook, 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, to pray. I'm smiling so big because to hear that there are over a million plus mamas needing to pray, it it only reminds me of that beautiful phrase, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. It's so true. And so to envision that many mamas joining nightly to pray is just astounding. So grab pen, a journal, and a cup of something delicious, because this conversation is a good one. 
Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heartlifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello, and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. As I said, we have a very special guest today, one that I am so honored to have with us, and her name is Becky Thompson. I've told you all about her. So welcome, Becky. I just want to use every little second we have to hear from your heart. Welcome, Becky. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I'm so excited. I actually just didn't know where to start. There's so many great things, so many good books you've already written and so many uh, lovely thoughts, but your newest book, drum roll, please, is God So Close. <laughs> yes. Yes. God Experience so close. a life awakened to his spirit. Becky, as an author myself, I know the power of positioning a verb or positioning a word in a subtitle, particularly. So right away, because I'm a word smith, I was drawn, did a little study myself of that word awaken. Can you share with us when, where, how, and why that came to you, or maybe the team of editors, where did the word awaken come? I love, I love God so close, obviously, but yeah, well, you know, I think, I think when you write a book and you're naming it, um, the subtitle is almost more important than the title sometimes. You yes. know, it's, it is, what am I going to find within these pages? Mm-hmm. And we know that God is close. We know he's so close and the mm-hmm. unfolding of his true nearness is what we, you know, really study out in this book. But what does it mean to live a life awakened to his spirit? Now, I love that you tuned into awakened because there was actually a large conversation about to or by experience a life awakened by his spirit or experience a life awakened to his spirit. And, you know, it's so funny. Yes. So, but but they have really different meanings. So for me, for me, experience a life awakened to his spirit is aware of the reality that God is Mm -hmm. with you. And when you are aware and you are yeah. awakened to the reality that his presence is constant, it really impacts every other area of your life. It does. Now, if the book had been Experience a Life Awakened by His Spirit, we might talk about all of the different things that happen when you've been awakened by him. But this mm-hmm. book isn't just about you. It's about him awakened to him. And uh, I'm really excited about this message, Jenna. I think it's going to really impact hearts. Oh, it's already impacted mine. And I know it will impact uh, our whole community of heart lifters because that is what we do here. We um, really above all else, take care of our hearts. And I thank you for making that distinction because I think it's a very vital distinction, Becky. And, um, I wanted to give the definition of awaken if I could, because it, Mm -hmm. it really got me. It jarred me. I've read it before, but once again, when I, when I read awaken, of course, you're going to see the root of, of awake, but awaken is a verb and it means to rouse R O U S E to rouse from sleep. Oh my God. 
<laughs> to cause to stop sleeping. And I was like, yes, that's right. It does mean that. And so then when you take rouse, because I love to look at the words within the words, it means to cause to feel angry mm. or excited. Mm. I thought, how fascinating. And then when you get to the root, when you go way down, down to the root of wake, because that's, that's what's at the root of this word, it actually means to hold a vigil. And I thought, oh my gosh. Are we not, Becky? Is that is that your experience? Now, I've already told our beautiful heart lifters that you are you founded the beautiful Midnight Mom devotional community. Over a million mamas, Becky. Holy cow! Um, <laughs> we hold things in two hands in this community a lot. So I'm going to hold in this hand um, how you want to rouse us from sleep. But did that happen when you suddenly saw? this community that you started for midnight mamas, tell us a little bit about that, but did you see something being awakened? I'm so curious. You know, my experience actually began when I was a young child, I was awakened to the presence of God when I was just 10 years old. And so throughout my life, I've always looked for others that are also awakened to the truth of his continual presence, because I think there is a distinction between believing that God was and believing that God is. Mm -hmm. And um, I think in the church, uh, among the community of believers, we, and not just in the church building, but among believers and followers of Jesus, we find a lot of people who truly love who he was Mm. and haven't translated that into who he is today. Mm. Oh, Becky, this is, this is so critical. And so I've looked for those throughout my life that know him the way that I know him as someone who is, and it has felt often like finding those who are also awakened, mm-hmm. who are also awake. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that there wasn't a moment with the Midnight Mom devotional community online with the tremendous growth that made me think, um, this is what it means to be awakened. Mm-hmm. However, however, my reality of knowing God in this way is the reason that I have been able to write the books that I've written. It's mm-hmm. it's pushed me to create the communities, to turn women's hearts toward prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's this draw into intimacy with the Father and not just mm-hmm. into knowledge of the Father um, that right. really impacts just about every area of ministry that I do. That's so, that's so truth. If you would, if you would, you always can say no, (laughs) Um, share what that awakening at the age of 10, uh, I'm Mm -hmm. relating and resonating on that in a million ways. Um, What, what was your story there? What was that awakening at the age of 10? Because I hear, I hear in your voice, a, something that we call in this community that we're really passionate about helping every person get is secure attachment. Mm. And secure attachment is a gift that you're given in your beautiful family of origin, where you feel seen, heard, loved, known, where you know you belong, where you feel safe and where you feel secure. Mm. And statistics tell us 55% of people 
are born into that situation, but 45% of us are not. We're born into insecure attachment and we spend the rest of our life trying to find that sense of security and stability. And we try to be seen and heard. But I hear in your voice, Becky, so like you say, you connect to people, you you're, you search for people that have been awakened in the spirit. I search for people who have been awakened in their security mm. uh, because I think they're synonymous actually. Uh, so how are you awakened? I, I would love to know uh, that part of your story, if you're willing to share. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the gift of sharing, because I think mm. when we have a chance to share moments that have been shaping, um, mm-hmm. we're given the opportunity to sort of unveil deeper parts of our hearts. So this was such a formative moment for me. Mm. Um, 10 years old, I had already been raised in the church, um, parents in ministry, following the Lord, gave my life to Jesus at a really young age, knew him as a friend, Mm -hmm. um, had a good understanding of what that meant for me personally, and not just me in the placement of my family. Um, Loved, 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 loved the idea that Jesus had died just for me and come (laughs) just for me. Um, That was all true and secure. But um, Mm. apart from my typical Sunday morning, Wednesday night, going Mm. to church a couple of times a week experience, my parents um, sought after opportunities for us to experience the the presence of God. And I feel like there is an important distinction to make. Mm. Um, it's, It's important to distinguish there is a difference between sitting and talking about Him and inviting Him to come. Mm-hmm. close to us. Now we know the Lord comes close when we talk about him. We know he's invited in, but it's almost as if we forget that we can open the doors of our homes and have a conversation with him and not just about him. Ugh. And um, and so as a family, there were plenty of opportunities to have conversations with the Lord. Um, yes. ask him what he wanted us to do, ask him to lead us, listen. We spent a lot of time as a family listening wow, and not just speaking. And, um, and so one of the events that really marked me when I was 10 years old, my parents drove us to the East coast because of, um, Yay. a revival, a revival, <laughs> hi, hi, a revival service they heard was happening there. And revivals kind of have a lot of meanings in our hearts based on our own experiences and childhood and raising and all those things. But really what we heard was that people were experiencing um, deeper levels of intimacy with God, calls to conviction, radical life-changing moments where they were, you know, being set free from things that were taking years of help or therapy or all the things they were they were being advanced in their walk with the lord oh i love that in in Mm -hmm. supernatural steps and bounds and it was a very unique time and unique place and so the sustained presence of god was there and Mm. my parents wanted us to see what that meant for us what does god have for us as a family there so that's amazing number one i I know that's amazing how many children um it's just me and my sister okay my sister and you're 10. So gotcha. I was 10. And so they put us in the minivan and drove us across the country. And it was so interesting because people would wait outside for 12 hours to be let in because there wasn't enough room to contain the draw of people. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so I remember the doors opening and going inside and I had this living, it's what I call a living anticipation. It wow. wasn't just eagerness. I, in, in a deeper level of who I am, Becky Thompson, the spirit who lives in the Becky Thompson body mm-hmm. was awakened to something. My goodness. That's crazy at 10 years old. I know. And so what's so cool is, you know, no one had told me what to think or experience. This was entirely my own. Okay. That's um, what I was going to ask. I love that. So your parents just said, we're going to this place Mm -hmm. where the spirit of God is moving. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And that's all I knew. And I had been in church services in the past where I had seen things. I had already seen miracles. I had seen miraculous healings and people's lives changed and the beginning of marriages restored. I I had already been experiencing this, but I had never felt it like this. I had never felt it for me. Mm-hmm. Like it was like happening around inside me, your body, around you, yes, all over. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it had been happening around me, but not to me. And uh, um, yes. yeah. So the service, you know, that there's a speaker, he's delivering a message, there's worship. I don't remember any of those details except that I felt like God himself was going to walk into the room. I felt <sighs> like, you know, I was going to see I I was going to see him and yeah. and hear him for myself and it was as if everybody in the room had the same experience. We were all looking for more, looking for <sighs> him. We all believed he would come. And so that's a spirit of I, unity, right? What John really 17, was. we're we're here, we want to be we're one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And so um the believers all gathered in one accord. It was sort yeah. of like that experience. Yeah. So as the service concludes, they invite those who would like personal prayer to come to the front because they mm-hmm. have a ministry team there. If you want to make a physical response to what God is doing in your heart, the altars, you know, the front of the service, front of the church is open. Um, and everybody got up. I mean, it was as if, <laughs> it was as if you know, and and they had been doing this night after night and they right. knew the people who were hosting the event knew what to expect so mm. they began to send their prayer team members down the aisles to sure. meet people who were coming the altars all enough. over there's right. not enough room <laughs> at the front to contain everybody and hold everyone so mm. i remember i didn't even ask my parents i didn't look back i just got up and started walking wow. and um my daddy followed right behind. He saw me get up. He started following right behind me. And this woman, um, I just have this vague memory of what she looked like, but I can tell you with all of the words on this side of heaven, what I experienced. Mm, Do tell. I'd love to know. It felt like pure peace walking Mm -hmm. toward me. It felt like total love. It felt like Mm. a weighted blanket and honey on the inside of my heart, just Mm. sweet presence, like, like the best moment of complete security. Oh my goodness. Mm. And as she came close, I, it wasn't her. It was the presence Mm -hmm. of God within her. That distinction is so important to remember that we, when Mm -hmm. we give ourselves over to being filled by the spirit of Jesus, the same spirit that filled him, he moves through us like he moved through Jesus. And so as this woman is walking toward me, carrying the spirit of God, it was Mm -hmm. as if God himself in human form with hands and face and feet Mm -hmm. was walking toward me. My goodness. And, um, 
And you felt no fear. Oh, no fear. No, mm-hmm. perfect love casts out all fear. And it does. so in this moment of complete <laughs> of complete love, there was no fear. And um and I'm I really met the presence of God in that moment, the mm. pure presence of the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And the weight of being with him. It was as I mean. I think the woman began to pray. I can't even really remember. Um, she reached out her hand to put her hand. I think she was going to put it on my head. I was, a, you know, a small child, so she just reached toward my forehead to pray for uh-huh. me. But before her hand could even touch m- me, put her hand on me to pray, I just dropped to my knees. It was a physical response so to the presence of God, mm-hmm. and um, and feeling fully known and fully loved and mm-hmm. um, secure. I just I cried. I I was mm-hmm. overcome with every form of emotion of of goodness mm-hmm. of His good perfect love, and I don't know how long I was there on on mm-hmm. the ground. I know that the service continued on around me with more prayer. The sounds around me, more people were crying out to the Lord. It was such mm-hmm. a holy. Yeah. Holy ground space. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, it really was that when I got up and I had experienced this, not just in my spirit, but in my physical body, I felt a physical. I appreciate that distinction because we talk so much here about how our body keeps the score. Right. And Mm -hmm. the somatic effect of the the power of God. I mean, he dwells in our temple, right? Yes. 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 And so I just was overcome and I felt him in my physical body and in my spirit. And nobody from that moment, Janelle, could ever tell me that he wasn't real. Mm. Nobody could tell me. No, I mean, no one ever tried to, but but there would there would have there hasn't been any moment of convincing that God isn't still exactly who he has always been a good mm-hmm. kind loving father who has moved heaven and earth so he could be with us mm. um My and really goodness. that is the event that really marks everything else that i've i've done and said and and tried mm. to share with others i don't want to ever lead people into head knowledge without right. Telling yes. them that there is a heart experience of yes. for them. Yeah, I write a lot about that, Becky, in, in my uh, latest book. And I just say the longest, our longest journey mm-hmm. can be from the head to the heart, right? Mm-hmm. But in that moment, there are those moments, you know, and I feel like they've been lost. Um, I have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit the same life altering ways, but of late, not so much, you know? And I just think that's why your, your presence in the body of Christ is right on time, right? God is always on time. We know that his Cairo's timing is perfect. Mm -hmm. And, but I do feel in a sense, you, I have two, two, two things I'm holding again. (laughs) I just, one is I don't want to move from this moment because I feel like it's a critical moment. And I feel like it's a moment that um, the Holy Spirit is inviting us to be roused from sleep. Mm-hmm. He, he is from this sleepwalking state that so many of us find in, in our faith, you know, and I'm in my seventh decade of life now. And, you know, there, there are just those times when we need to be roused from sleep. And that's what your book is an invitation to us Mm -hmm. to do. How did you 
like as a voice to parents, because I know that I have a lot of parents and I have a lot of grandparents now that listen. And how did your parents nurture that moment for you? Um, They had to, you've already told us that you listened, you invited the spirit into uh, be an active part of your family life. uh, So you just didn't talk about God. Mm -hmm. Um, If you could give us a peek in that window behind that, that window of what perhaps your, how did your parents foster that environment? Thank you. I knew I'd get to it. How did your parents usher in that atmosphere? Because that I just pound the table over that for all these young mamas. Right. And even all of us uh, who are entering into grandparents, you know, and I, and I banter here, but how did you, how did they usher in uh, an atmosphere in which you felt heart, a hard experience and not just head knowledge. Wow. That was a long question, but you know what? I think it needed full unpacking. So I appreciate you. I I appreciate everything you said in that. Um, you know, I, I gave me a minute to sort of reflect on how that did happen. It was just so much a part of my life that I, I can't really, I'm trying to put words to what those conversations looked like, because I think, I think as parents today, um, in my generation, we almost have this picture of, okay, 7.30, an hour before bedtime, we've got our Bibles open, sitting in a circle. Oh, I'm something. so glad you do. <laughs> no, no, I know many I, that do not. So well, I'm coming no. from, yeah. Well, what I'm actually sharing there to clarify is I, I don't. I don't. Gotcha. I think that we feel like that is the right way. Gotcha. That is the, yes. we need a dedicated time. We believe we need a set aside continual promise time. And mm-hmm. the way the world has changed, the way our schedules have changed, the way that connection has changed, you know, I think that is the rarity that isn't the normal, yeah. that isn't the right. standard. Mm-hmm. And so I remind young moms a lot, uh, young moms, because if I can tell them young, then, then as yes. we get older, it's okay. But moms of all yes. seasons, but especially when, when oh. our kids are so, are so little and they, they really demand require mm-hmm. all of our time they do. and we give it, but, um, mm-hmm. we don't always get those 30 minutes of quiet mm-hmm. Bible reading time. We don't get mm-hmm. the, you know, I'm going to wake up before the kids. Sometimes they're up at 4am and your whole day begins right there. And you never get back to a moment where you're looking through your Bible or, you know, life is, is very different than a lot of us. It's very active, but it's different than a lot of us anticipated our adult years would be our family years would be. I can't even Um, imagine Becky, because I mean, like I said, my kids are all in their thirties and I, we did not have digital (laughs) media. We did not have computers. We didn't have, I mean, we did, it was 8,000 pounds, you know, and I remember the day I got a 50 pound car to phone to put inside of my car, you know? So yeah, I, I just can't even imagine. So talk to us, talk to these young mamas. Yes. So we just didn't anticipate this is what our mothering would look like, that we would be this busy and this distracted and really Mm -hmm. this isolated in a lot of ways. And so if I can speak back to what we did do and what my family does do, the things that we have implemented, um, which might have even been different than my own experience and how do we foster a continual relationship with the Holy Spirit? Yes. Um, yes. I, I think that 
we look at church. I'm, I'm going to make a little point and then tie it together. Mm-hmm. We look at church like this is where we're fed mm-hmm. and this is where we grow. And then it has to sort of, it's like a ration and it has to make it, we have to make it back to next Sunday. We have yeah. to use whatever happens there to make it back to next Sunday. And I think that same mentality, even though that's really not the way that a relationship with God is best lived, um, sort of spills out into how we view our families. We have this specific Mm -hmm. time and then we have to ration it so that it lasts all day. When in reality, God has offered us a continual Mm, day long, week long, Mm -hmm. true feast of Mm -hmm. his presence. And so in my growing up, we had a lot of times when we went out as a family and went to places and we experienced God in services and we experienced God. We were, my parents were just constantly taking me to the place, the house of God, the place where God had come in a, in a unique way. But then those con- conversations would continue at home. What was that? What were we experiencing? And it might have even just been the car ride home um, yes, or just, or just as a child being invited in to listen as the adults had conversations conversations, to not feel like I was put out of the room, to not feel like it wasn't for me, to feel like as they're all discussing, I'm absorbing on my level. Now for my generation and my kids, um, I have taken that experience, that sort of foundation, and I have done my best to take it a step farther. So Mm -hmm. rather than I want you to hear what the adults are experiencing and be welcome at the table to listen and learn, I have done my best to translate these deeper spiritual truths into into messages that my children can understand. Well done. What what do you feel like God is saying to you tonight before Mm -hmm. bed? Oh, Becky, or (laughs) even, or even just, you know, let's pray for so-and-so is God showing you anything that he, that he wants that's on his heart for them. Let's, let's spend a minute listening, you know, sometimes, Mm -hmm. and these are just words I say to my kids and I'll tell them, you know, sometimes when God speaks to us, it looks like a picture in our minds. Sometimes you just think of maybe the sun coming up after a, you know, a cloudy night, or you feel like, um, you see somebody smiling. Is there something that God's showing you? What's, what's God's Mm -hmm. heart right now and teaching them from time when they're little, when they can get it, that God doesn't just speak, but he speaks to them. And he doesn't just speak to the ears on our heads. He speaks to the ears and the eyes Mm -hmm. and the, uh, you know, eyes of our heart of the heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really keep groaning. Forgive me. I am just groaning in the spirit (laughs) because I am so resonating. I am so happy. I'm so proud of you and all the right ways of being proud of you, Becky, for, um, offering, offering to everyone, young mamas, particularly, and offering us here today, really the power of what I call a heart lift. This is, this is, this is where it's at. But I, I wondered, um, one of the big parts of your ministry, a part of the book, of God so close is pioneering a road of relationship. Uh, I just honed right in. I already, I already told you how crazy I am about words Mm-hmm. And, um, I just saw that pioneering a road of relationship, that word pioneering you write by definition is not conventional mm-hmm. God's invitation to a full life. We call that a eudaimonious life in this community, a life filled to the full of meaning. And that will involve struggle and that will involve, um, 
you know, coming outside of our comfort zones. So God's invitation to a full life with him involves not conforming to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds through his word and his spirit. What is this pioneering that you are inviting us all into? And why did you choose that word? uh, Pioneering. I love that. Um, So I live in Oklahoma and um, you do. I live in Oklahoma, and I think that's important for listeners all over to know that when we're little bitty here in Oklahoma, we learn about the pioneers and the people who got us to be able to live in places like this. Mm -hmm. And while there's so much heartache and so much tragic history that really surrounds um, people living in Oklahoma territory, there's also so much grit and determination and adventure and the call to the call West, really the call towards the unknown. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so we learn about the settlers and we learned about the people and all of the hardships they faced. We learn about what's called the land run and how they split up the territory and lined up around the outsides of it. And little kids practice bringing wagons to school and they oh line up around the gosh, playground and they, and they let them race in and, and claim land. And, um, Oh my and gosh, that is Oklahoma history. That is fantastic. <laughs> Cause we have Virginia history and it's all about Jamestown and Williamsburg and Yorktown yeah. and all those great places, but to bring a wagon and have to run for land to run for land. And it's, oh it's fantastic. And I have to be honest as I've gotten older and I understand more and the teaching really has improved. I understand this land did belong to people before it Correct. belonged to us. Yes, ma'am. And that's so important. You know, yes. my husband's native American yes. and we can trace my family back to Jamestown. Um, yes. so we, we are both my children mm-hmm. are both. They live both sides of this history. That's um, wonderful. Thank you for bringing that in. So it is so critical for us to bring that in. It's so critical. But part of the story of the pioneer is that they set out without a path, without a trail, Mm -hmm. without land markings, without anybody telling them how to get or how to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they just had really the call of the unknown. Oh, my goodness. I think in our lives as Christians – we create, we, there have been a lot of paths created for us. Yes. Ancient paths. um, Correct. Ancient paths, ancient, Mm -hmm. um, ways of doing things. And I, I, I think it's very easy to just say it's, um, it's the word religion. I mean, it's the way things have always been done. Tradition. Right. Tradition, the way things. And so I think this is where, um, a lot of people, especially in my generation have begun the distinction between religion and relationship. Um, Religion often says you go through these steps to get to God and relationship often says you go through Jesus to get to the father. And while religion is important and and Christianity Mm -hmm. as a whole is beautiful and tradition is so valuable and Mm -hmm. rich, um, we cannot substitute the road of traditional um, paths and rituals for relationship. No, we, we can't. can't think that we have reached um, all there is without saying, God, you, what what do you show me in your word? Not just what does my pastor show me? What are you yes. saying? What is your spirit teaching me? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the road of relationship with the Holy Spirit isn't one that's clearly marked. 
Um, mm-hmm. Just a few generations ago, this became something that people began talking about more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think that it's a, not a well-marked path, and it is divergent from mm-hmm. the main from the mainstream message of mm-hmm. we keep the Holy Spirit contained because we don't in its place because mm-hmm. we because it's it's taught that the holy spirit isn't it and mm-hmm. that it only has certain access because we never know what's going to happen if the holy spirit shows up and and it's only for certain types of christians yes. when in reality jesus spoke so much about the gift he of did. he who comes he of he the advocate of he yes. the helper mm-hmm. um and you know he tells his disciples mm-hmm. you know him because yeah. he has been with you mm-hmm. and you know they're like the they their understanding their unfolding of the holy spirit being with them um yeah. is growing in that moment they're mm-hmm. they're realizing Jesus is fully God, fully man. They're realizing when Jesus says he will be in you, that something yeah. will take place on the inside of them. And, and this is the gift um, mm-hmm. that's for all those who are far off, as scripture says. It's for mm-hmm. all of us whom the Lord God will call. Yeah. And when we begin to realize that the Holy Spirit isn't just an idea mm-hmm. or wind or, or something fire, to be afraid of. Or something to be afraid of. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to pause the thought there as you bring that in, because can you imagine Jesus walking into the room and saying, having a committee meeting and saying, do you know what he's here for? Do you know what he's doing? Did anybody, yes. did you invite him? I mean, we've got four songs and a message. What That's is he right. doing here? Don't mess, you know? up, mess it up. Don't Mm-mm. mess this up. Don't mess with Mm-mm. us. <laughs> can Mm-mm. you imagine Jesus doing Well, yes, I actually can. <laughs> Sadly, yeah, I mean, I, I sadly can. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm playing it out in my mind too, but this yeah. is the experience of the Holy Spirit in the church today. Oh, heart lifters. It's always hard to close a conversation, but this one particularly, as I feel like it is essential in this post pandemic journey that we have all been on. I know for me, it is, it is really invited me to delve deeper into my faith walk and to ask myself some hard questions about my relationship to each member of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we want to give attention and time and energy to our spiritual formation. That's a very important tenet in our community here. And so Becky gave us a lot to think about. I'm going to be holding two things. As always, what does it mean to live a life awakened to his spirit. And second, I want to consider the emotional, mental, spiritual atmosphere of my life and my home and that I bring to my family, because that's what Becky shared with us, was that her family didn't have conversations about God or about the Holy Spirit, but they had conversations with God and with the Holy Spirit. Very big difference there. So just be thinking about that, musing upon that, and thinking about what you're taking away from this vital Easter message. And if you would, please email me your thoughts, your questions, and I will bring them to the table. Janelle at JanelleRairden.com. 
And be sure, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss part two. And if you would be so kind, would you please leave a review? So critical as we want to expand our influence in this new year. And always remember, Heartlifter, that you're clothed in strength and dignity with nothing to fear. You can smile at your future. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairden.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.